Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another exciting podcast of the, well, hardly millennial podcast, where we are young, dumb, and full of opinions. Opinions, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, today with me is Matthew Lynn once again. I'm back, folks. Matthew I was back. Uh, I was visiting lands afar. Lands afar. Ben, we're happy to have him back. Happy to be back, guys. And uh, as always, my name is Adam. And today we have uh, kind of a, a lighter topic, I would say, but definitely one full of opinions, I know, for the both of us. I think everyone has opinions on this one. So today we are going to be talking about music, just music in general. That's very broad. Yeah, right? Not so, even a specific type. So it should be able to fill up an hour easily then. Oh, wow. <laughs> well then. Oh, what, a be, fun, what a fun discussion. It's going to be fun though. It's uh, especially with um, all the all the music we have now, like the mumble rappers and the mumble rappers. <laughs> you just got to call the mumble rappers out right away, huh? I have to, man. It's just so bad. There was a time, I'm sure you remember this, Matthew, but remember about a month ago, you, me, and Justin were sitting on the couch and we were just like, what's trending in music on YouTube? Oh my gosh, guys. It's insane what's trending we on just, YouTube. We just went down the list. We were like, okay, here's this. You know, there's some Ariana Grande. I think T-Swift was in there somewhere. I love Tay-Tay. But then you had some, you know, this... Triple... The ice cream cone guy, the guy with the ice cream cone on his face. I don't. They all they all mush together for oh, me. Oh, someone on the internet will know. I think that particular one was triple extension. I want to say it's triple. Like, that's a cool name. It's like I, I don't even know if that's the way people actually pronounce it. That's just the way I assume it is because it's X X X and then like tension. So I just like triple extension, right? That's triple what I would extension. think. I would think it makes me think of like a an extension cord. That's what I. Th- I just think triple of ice- extension. I just think of ice cream because of that face tattoo. Um, I think I over that whole hour rabbit hole we went down. I yeah. think I literally understood about seven words in the whole. I was getting yeah. about a word every ten minutes. I there's, I I don't get it. I the really beats were don't. great. Beats the, were great. I think the beats were fine, but it's one of those things where you listen to it, and you don't immediately want to say. That at least for me, I don't immediately want to say I hate it, because I, I do. Hate it. I do want to understand like why this is popular and why this is what newer generations are listening to. So I think but, that if you actually look up the lyrics to some of those, they are literally just random words being said after each other. And that's exactly why I don't get like, it. Like that is the gimmick, though. Adam is it's not a song. It's well, it's a song, I guess, but. The, the whole thing behind it is there's no actual words. But do it's you, just random. But do you think that later – so like for example, you, you see this. I think every generation kind of starts off in their adolescence liking what their parents liked, right? And then you kind of slowly break off into like your own stuff. And, yeah, I think the first right? things you probably listen to are your parents' music. Yeah, so like for us it was a lot of classic rock stuff, right? Oh, tons you of classic know? rock. Loved it. For I us, still love it to this yeah, day. Yeah, and I do too. But we were able – there was an understanding though of like, oh, the art behind some of the lyrics and some of the music that was in there. Yes. But – I have no doubt in my mind that to our grandparents, that just sounded like noise to them, right? 
Oh, I think that absolutely, yes. The classic rock, long hair. Right. Yeah, it was outrageous. So whereas you and I look back at the, or look up the lyrics to these mumble raps now and go, well, this is just nonsense. They're literally just random words put together. But then 20 years down the line, there's going to be that generation that's like, well, you guys just don't understand it. It's poetry. It's art. And there's going to, it's going to be like, we're not in on a joke, you know? They're not making like Stairway to Heaven these days or anything. Like our parents had some hits. Yeah, but I don't really see any of those being hits. But do you think that there were like our grandparents, that generation were looking at songs like Stairway to Heaven and not getting it or thinking that the lyrics were just nonsense possibly? Bro, it's a beautiful song. If you say you don't like it, you're lying. But I even our even grandpa likes Stairway to Heaven. I agree with you, but I don't know. I just always wonder if like mumble rap is just if the only reason we don't like it is simply just, you know, I guess. Maybe we just don't get it. Yeah. We're old. There's just something in there that I mean I'm not even I'm in my prime, dude. (laughs) Well, with that said, what kind of music do you typically like adam so same thing that we discussed earlier i I grew up with the classic rock so i think my first concert i went to was kansas oh there's a way to start yeah so those for those who don't know kansas the one who did (laughs) dust in the wind uh Carry on our wayward son. Carry on our wayward son. All the good ones, man. <laughs> so they were my first. Um, I really liked Sticks and Meatloaf and Foreigner. Uh, so a lot of the classic rock ones, Queen, I went through a big Queen stage, went through a big Beatles stage. So you like more of the fun kind of rock, very piano-y, very yeah, live, kind of high energy. That classic kind of 70s rock and roll. I really like the bluesy kind of sounding. But then there was, I never got into like the metal stuff. So I never got into like Metallica or Pantera or like Megadeth. But I guess those were more like 90s though, weren't they? Or were those like 80s? Um, Were those our parents' generation? Well, you crossed a lot of spectrums there with that list. (laughs) Did I? (laughs) Um, So like Metallica, I think, started in the 80s and hasn't stopped ever since. Uh, Pantera, again, I think late 80s. Pantera. That was Dimebag Daryl like, and stuff, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think that's, those were all 80s, that's right? they were old when I was a kid. Yeah. I was born in the early 90s. See, I never got into 80s rock. Why? And maybe, I don't know, maybe it was just I, my parents weren't really into 80s rock. Like, 70s was like their high school days and everything. So it was a lot of like, like the, the big 70s hair bands. rock. Yeah, they just ACDC, weren't into. ACDC, that kind of stuff. Yeah, they just weren't into like the big hair bands. So I think just as a result, my brother and I just didn't, never grew up really into it. Interesting. But, I had an uncle that really enjoyed the big hair bands. Yeah. So like Judas Priest and White Snake. I have a and, lot of friends but, who love them also, um, but I so just they're they're kind of dear to my heart. I enjoy them. I do. Um, would Rush be a big hair band? Does that count? I don't know. I I like Rush. My dad I was love a, Rush. my dad was a big Rush it's fan also. Yeah, they're they're great. I do. I don't know if you would consider them a hair band. Were they eighties? I thought they were more seventies. Yeah, they were. I think they were more seventies. Yeah, so I, so all that seventies kind of rock stuff I like, but when you got into like more of the hair bands, I mean, there's there's definitely some that I like, but otherwise it was just. But anyways, but that's what I started out liking, and then got older. I really uh, was into kind of the emo scene, uh, not necessarily the trends as far as the dress or anything, but the music I really liked. So the used My Chemical Romance, oh, Taking okay. Back Sunday, that, well, that was a big card. part of my growing up too. Yeah, All American yeah. Rejects. So I really liked listening to that music as I was getting a little older. And then I would also say, I mean, I would argue to just say I like all music except for country. I just never got into country. Oh, country gets hated on so much. I know. I just, I, I have given it a try. I really have, but 
There was one country band I liked growing up, and that was Big and Rich. And I don't even know if they're still around. I never heard of them. But they were just, I bet they were probably a little more on the rock side. So so I like the kind of country music that's like the, the ho-dunk, have a party kind of thing. Like, I got oh, barbecue sauce on my t-shirt. Like, that gotcha. kind of thing. I'm at the fair. Oh, and see, I that's the like girl my in the mud. Like, I'm down with that. But the ones that are like, sad. I don't really like oh, yeah. the sad ones. And then, like, you're kind of obligated to love, like, the uh, the patriotic ones, oh, I guess. Oh, well, of course. But if we're being really real here, I'm, I'm not – they're not my favorite. To me, it's not even a lyrics thing with country. It's simply just the way that the music sounds. I, I don't like that twang kind of music <laughs> sound. And that's all country sounds like to me. I, but, I have to agree, unfortunately. I have to agree. I'm yeah. just not a big fan. I want I want to defend it. I really mm-hmm. do because a lot of people dig it. Um, my sister loved it growing up. Well, it's one of those it's one of those genres of music where I definitely understand why people like it. You know, people who get really into country, I can yeah. listen to country and say, okay, I understand why you would be into it, but it's just not my thing. Some of the lyrics are just so just redundant. I mean, I know lyrics in general for a lot of pieces of music out there now are redundant. But there's a song that plays over and over at my work that goes, Sunrise, summer, sunset, repeat. And he repeats it the entire song. Oh. It's just that. And it's got that twang in the back. You think he wrote it and he was like, this is fucking gold. I, We're just saying this for four minutes. I mean, it must be because it keeps playing on the radio <laughs> constantly over and over and over again. It's like, yes, we get it. Days have cycles. Okay, let's... So I do really like the instruments that are used in country music. Like um, the more orchestra kind of instruments, the fiddle, things like that. I do too. And I really love when rock and roll incorporates like yes, the fiddle. That's what so I loved a, about Kansas. There's a band called Skillet, which is a, mm-hmm. they've been around for a long time, but they're a newer, like our generation kind yeah, of band. Yeah, I like Skillet. And they have a cello and a uh, violin that play with them in a lot of their songs. And oh, they'll wow. actually go up on stage with them too. It's the same two guys. It's been the same two guys for years. Um, and I think that is fantastic. Like guitar and orchestra sounds amazing together. I really love it when bands mesh those things together. Even even rappers these days, the best beats are the ones that have that like orchestrated yeah, kind it's of just feel epic. to it. Yeah, it's well, epic. I was an orchestra kid growing up. I played violin for like nine years, oh, eight or nine job. years. I, I did it for a long time. I think I played for three. <laughs> My parents made me. My mom, I used to tell her I wanted to quit and she would tell me, no, you love the violin. Did, did you at one point just start to like it, or did you hate it through the entire nine years? I liked the class uh-huh. in school because it was kind of a, you know, goof-off class. Right. Um, and all the pretty girls were in orchestra uh-huh. growing up, so that was cool. Uh, but actually playing the instrument, I had very little interest in. Oh, really? I was, I was pretty good at it. It's definitely average. But after you were done with school, you're just like, all right, never touching this again. Well, it's funny. I actually quit in, um, like, 10th grade. Oh, so, oh, so you uh, did like early elementary school. Yeah, yeah early for, elementary school. Gotcha. And then middle school and the beginning of high school. But um, when I quit was actually like the next year was the year that I started to really like girls a lot. Uh-huh. And um, that was when I was like, oh, darn, I should have stayed because uh, it all dawned on me. Because like, now you had that skill you could have showed off. Yeah. yeah. 
So I always had really bad timing on those kind of things. <laughs> I, I was always the same way because uh, I, I grew up playing piano. and well, That's a fun one. It is. That's like the mother of all instruments. I know, and I love it. And I, and I do. I truly love the piano. But when I was younger, I hated practicing the piano, right? Oh, really? So, yeah. So when I first started to learn piano, it was because – my parents had purchased a piano and then my dad showed me some, my, my dad's a musician, but he's more of a guitarist, Oh, cool! but he knew a couple of little licks on the piano that sounded cool to me. So he would just show me them and then I would play them and would just be like, Oh, well, what happens if I click this note with this note and then this note with this note. And then before you knew it, I was just off. But, uh, but because of that, it was like a couple years later, I was, I told him I wanted to take piano lessons. So they found me a piano teacher and, I think I took lessons for maybe a year, but I hated it because it was like, because now it became work. Right. Because now I was going to these piano lessons, you know, and the, the sweet old lady was teaching me, but then it was like, okay, now do this homework while you're at home, you know, learning how to read the these notes and make sure you're practicing the song. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It took the fun out of it. And I'm glad I, I, to an extent, I'm glad. And there were so many times my dad, you know, would tell me that you'll regret not practicing more and everything one day and i do right but you know when i was a kid though no interest but well, i still hear you play today we have a piano uh adam got a yeah. piano for christmas well i've definitely as you get older you start to realize how important practice is you almost start to enjoy it especially when you're doing it with things you well, like what's really interesting that i've seen with you is um so i learned how to play the violin and i learned how to read the sheet music mm-hmm. so i you could memorize easy songs, but for the most part, I never memorized the songs. I just right. got really good at reading the sheet music, and uh-huh. I could play. With you, what I've noticed is you can read the sheet music, but you use it only long enough for you to memorize it, yeah. and then you get rid of your sheet music. Yeah, and I you, never it's just in it your again. head forever. Yeah, it just—it's really—it's—it's it's strange. I don't know a lot of people who do it that way. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know exactly why that is with me because. Growing up, I never thought anything of it because just as you said, I I guess it was more normal to be able to memorize simple songs. Right. But I, just as you said, was able to memorize stuff that was a little more complex. He's literally memorizing the theme song to Kingdom Hearts. (laughs) Yeah. Like we're not talking about simple songs here. We're talking, this is like a full course song. But, and he'll just memorize it. Yeah, and I don't know if it's, if it's muscle memory or what it is, but what never made sense to me and I think why reading music has never clicked because even at right now with reading music, it takes me a second, right? I have to like really look at the notes and sometimes count the like lines between on the measure right. and stuff. And in then, you know, once I'm able to get that, I'll be like, Oh, it sounds like this and then be able to play it. But it never was able to click to me to be able to like read something and know that means my finger goes here. Now that means that goes here and it goes here. And I actually envy that people who can just take a piece who know how to play piano and can just take a piece of music put it in front of them and, and then it. just be able to play it yeah. it'd make my life so much easier if i could just do that i think it's literally a grass is greener on the other side thing yeah because I'm sure they at, say the same as thing. being someone who can read the sheet music uh-huh. i don't have to count the lines i can just look at it and see right. what note to play um I wish that I was better at memorizing because mm. that would make my life so much easier. Yeah. Well, you know what I mean? And Justin's a musician also with his voice. He's an opera singer, by the He's way. He's probably guys. the best of the musicians yes. in the household. And he was the same way as you. He could only read music. You could never just like 
improv per se. Yeah. You know, what he was doing. It had to be written down. Mm -hmm. But one thing I was just always good at, though, even before I got to the point where I was reading music or even trying to learn songs, is I was always just good about knowing what sounds good together. Yeah, you have a feel for it. Yeah, so if somebody was telling me, like, oh, we wanted, if I wanted something that I was playing or just bullshitting with to sound more jazzy, it's like I didn't have to look up how to make something sound jazzy. I just knew what jazz, a jazzy filler sounded like and knew, oh, well, if you hit some of these black keys with the white keys. So I think anyone can learn to play any instrument. Yes. Obviously, I really do. But I think some people are born using the part of their brain. They just have a knack for instruments. They pick oh, it yeah. up easy. Like some people can learn languages easier, mm-hmm. but anyone can learn a language. Right, Same exactly. thing with music. I watched this video once. <laughs> I watched this video once of this little girl that I think was like 10, 11, or 12, and she was this prodigy at piano. I think you've seen the video. Well, I've seen ones. I've seen a little girl who can do violin, like amazing. I think I've seen that one too. Like better than adults, dude. She's incredible. This girl was interesting. They gave her... They gave her like a random set of notes, a random set of like five notes or something. And they said, and she took those five notes and then was able to make a piano piece out of it. Oh, like a whole symphony yeah, thing. Yeah, like out this of it. whole thing, like right there in front of you. Yeah, some people just have it, dude. Yeah, it's, some people just it's have it. wild, but. Well, it's like comedy or anything else. Some people yeah. are just funnier. Mm-hmm. Some people can tell stories better. Yeah. You know, some people are really good at podcasting. They're just born to do it. That's Yeah, it's strange that we just kind of fall into that category. We just found the niche, man. (laughs) (laughs) So do you think as time's moving on and computers are getting more and more advanced and able to do more things Mm -hmm. that not instruments will go away? Because instruments are like books. They'll always be a thing and they'll always be kind of chic, you know. But do you think that... Most mainstream music just won't use instruments anymore. They'll just use clips from sound, like a computer. Ooh, that's a good question. Honestly, I don't know. I've never given it much thought. I mean, you could argue that that's kind of what's happening now. I I think so. I think that just for the sake of time and money, because when you're creating something, I mean, we know the little things we create take a long time. So imagine an actual like full feature album that you're going to sell like tens of millions of copies of. That would take a year to create that. But if you don't have to record all the all the sound for it, Mm -hmm. it would take a lot less time. That's true. And you see that now. But I think it'll never go away because I think at the end of the day, people like the new stuff. They like the mainstream stuff. But it's almost a treat when it's the raw stuff. So look at theater versus movies, for example, right? Right. We love movies. We love watching them. We love talking about them. We love picking them apart. We love following our favorite actors. But at the end of the day, it costs $6 to go see a movie and hundreds of dollars to go see a play. But yet the movie industry makes tremendously more than the Broadway industry does. But people love the raw format of the, And because of that, it won't go away. It's the same thing with books. I don't think it'll go away. But I think mainstream will become more computers. Yeah, I agree. And like I said, you're seeing that now. But I also think it's a little more integrated than we think, too. Because I think some of these noises that you hear through 
whatever these hip-hop or rap beats or I don't even know if some of the newer stuff coming out and you can't even call it hip-hop anymore. I think it's going to have a new name. But anyway, I think a lot of those are still made with regular instruments, but they put them through a computer to create certain noises and things that oh, they to want. to distort it and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. So, I mean, it's like a So computers are more of an effects kind of thing. Yeah, I would argue that just that. It's more of an effects kind of thing. Well, it kind of takes the uh, creativity out of it if you're just Mm -hmm. using a computer. Because it can still be original, but if all those clips are Mm pre-recorded, then you didn't actually create any of those. You just put them together in a creative way. Right. Whereas if you actually create a riff on a guitar, that is nothing else ever been played quite like Mm -hmm. that. Well... And I, but I almost think too, possibly, that at one point it will seem like the computer stuff is taking over as far as music is concerned. But I think it's going to become so saturated and so easy to mimic that it will actually go back the other way. I mean, I saw a video. Right. I saw a video not too long ago where it was this guy just saying, Hey, I'm just going to make, I'm going to make like a, a rap, like a hit rap song in five minutes using this, you know, garage band on steroids software. Right. Right. And so he makes this stupid little beat that sounds, you know, cause it shows the pieces of him putting it together. So it sounds like shit, you know, as he's putting it together and he literally just did what we were talking about with the mumble rap. He wrote bullshit lyrics, things uh-huh. that just, you know, sounded good together and then he put them together and played it and if you didn't know this guy was just making it off the top of his head in his garage you would think that this was like one of the hit songs that was playing on the radio it was that easy to do I myself have made beats in GarageBand and they're not the most extensive or crazy things but I was able to make one see in my heart like I don't really like that I'm gonna have to say I, I feel like it should be a little more personal when you're writing music. I do too. And it might just be from the generation I come from or what I grew up with. But, like, it's almost insulting to your listeners, okay? It's like, yeah. okay, I think you guys are so gullible and so unintelligent that I could literally just make anything in five minutes and you'll eat it up. But with that being said, if people like it, they like it. You know what I mean? Well, we almost have to look at it as a reflection of the generation itself. Because really, all music is through the generations is just reflection of that current generation's teenage angst, right? You know that part. I mean that's where emo and the kind of emo and scene music came from, and I mean I would argue that that's where our parents' music came from also. You know, it's classic rock right. to us. It was just rock to them in the day. But, and I think, I mean, that's kind of what you're seeing with music now. It's like, guys, I mean, don't get me wrong. You have the mumble rap, but there's also people like Charlie Pu- uh, Charlie Puth and Shawn Mendes and Billie Eilish and Aurora, like these other singers that are coming up where it is more meaningful lyrics and they are more, in my opinion, well put together songs. Not my cup of tea per se all the time, but they're, it's not mumble rap. But, so, but mumble rap is appealing to a certain audience, and you could argue that that mumble rap is just some reflection of that teenage angst, which, as we know, is kind of the social anxiety, depression type of... Do you think there's more choices now than when we were growing up? You think there's more rappers to choose from? 
more bands. Oh she's yes, been... yeah. I, I I don't even think it's so much more than. Well, I mean, I guess it is. It's... Well, see, when we were young, when we were 10, 12 years old, there literally was not YouTube. It just didn't exist. So you couldn't yeah. go to a place and just type in a band and see all their music. Well, that and, didn't exist. And that's what I was going to argue. It's like today, because I'm sure there were just as many people trying, but now it's like you don't have to go you know, perform at shows per se and wait for somebody to discover you. All you have to do is just buy a Blue Yeti microphone, sit in your room and rap to something and put it on YouTube. Didn't T- Taylor Swift get... Taylor Swift uh, was from. Popular like uh, that? I think that also. Um, oh, who's the dude everyone loved? The Bieber. I think Bieber came from Facebook too. Oh yeah, that's how I think Usher found him. Or yeah, like that. Usher. Yeah. Usher. But, he had a good day when he found him. But so because of that, and because like I said, you can take pieces of software like GarageBand, hook up a drum machine to it, and make a beat. Do you uh, do you remember? <clears throat> gosh, I haven't thought about this in a long time. So there used to be like Borders was like a, a store you could go to. It was like a oh, bookstore. Oh, Borders Books? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but they also had like a CD section. All yeah, right. Yes, I remember. And in the CD section were all these shelves of plastic CDs, and then there were like these headphones that would be every like three feet. Oh, my god! And you gosh. could put the yes, headphones on and pick a CD, and you could actually sample the CD before you bought it. That was the closest thing to YouTube when <laughs> I was a kid. You had to actually get in the car and drive to YouTube. I remember there were a lot of places that I remember even if you went to like Spencer's or Hot Topic, they'd have yeah. a little section that sold CDs. And you had to sit there and wait for someone to be done with the headphones, yep. and then you could use it. Oh my god! I bought albums sometimes that way. Remember I would that? just go through. That's not even a thing anymore. You don't oh. even see those anymore. Well, because just as you said, you can just look it up now. It's crazy. I remember when you used to have to have a Walkman, so you had to pick one CD, which mm-hmm. was like, what, fifteen, eighteen songs from one band, <laughs> and uh, that was what you got. And if you took a step too hard, it skipped. Yeah. Why do you think people even buy albums anymore? Nostalgia. Really? It's art. You think it's just that? It's art. Okay, because I, mean, I think I think it's it's a, it's a collector's piece. Because I used to have iTunes with hundreds of pieces of music on there. I used to have an iPod. You know, I even I used to have music on my phone even. And now I've gone to this point to where if I want to listen to music while I'm driving, I'll put on like Pandora. And if I want to listen to something specific, I'll you know look on YouTube. Yeah, yeah, it's like I don't even have to. It's like why own all this music when I I think that... do. There's, I think the biggest argument for vinyl is ugh, the sound quality. I think that there's a lot of people in the world who adamantly argue that vinyl sounds better. Well, But I have to scientifically argue that high-definition sound simply sounds better. I it agree. has to. I agree with you. It has to. V- vinyl is, and I think we've talked about this on the podcast before, because I have vinyls, as you know. and yeah. But like... But to me, I, I would never argue, though, that vinyl sounds better. To I think a lot of people do. It has that, yeah. like, more studio sound. No, that's – I don't care about that. To me, it's it's more of just the experience of listening to it on vinyl. But as I said before – The four-minute experience of getting it started where yeah. it takes two buttons on my cell phone. You're you're right. That's exactly that's what it is. That's literally what it is. People like the machine. They like the little needle that makes the sound. Well, and, and it's certain kind of music too. <laughs> so I would never buy, let's say... Would you buy an M&M vinyl? No. No. 
because there's no like music behind it for depth to have to listen it. to. So the music that I purchase for vinyl is bands like like I really like folk rock, right? So okay. I'll do like Mumford and Sons of Monsters and Men, the Lumineers. But they have lots of different instruments in there exactly. with different depths and tones. Exactly, and... but and, and that's my point. People who are buying you know Megadeth vinyls and saying it sounds better on vinyl. <sighs> no, get it the doesn't. Fu- get the fuck out of here. It does not. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. The high definition sound you get much more of the individual pieces no it's it's just a total hipster thing and anybody who's saying it sounds better is lying to you i mean look up the videos on youtube of like live performances Mm -hmm. and the ones that say hd in front of them are way better i (laughs) promise you they're way better oh my gosh i remember the early days of youtube when you wanted to look up a band performing live i remember remember there was that epidemic of razor phones everybody had oh, i remember the razor fucking razor Fuck yeah, i remember the razor and a, I wanted everybody that had so pink bad. yeah hell yeah i wanted it too i never had one I well by the time you got though. one it was like ancient yeah exactly 15 years later That's exactly what happened i think it's on display in the museum now the razor phone the razor was amazing yeah. it broke everyone's razor broke <laughs> And everybody had a pink one. Did everyone have a pink one at your school? For some reason, no, I always my... saw the charcoal one, the oh, silvery no. charcoal one. For whatever reason, at my school, boy or girl, everybody for, had. For a the pink kids one. who are maybe confused right now, we are talking about a cell phone. Yes, um, they used to not be computers. They used to just make phone calls. Uh, there was twelve actual buttons on the front of them. <laughs> Uh, and it's called a razor because it was very, very thin for its time. Yes, but it was a flip phone. It was not sharp. No, nobody hurt themselves. Don't worry. It was, oh man. You have, you have to distinguish these things. You know, I had a job, just for a little quick side note. Sorry, uh-huh. it doesn't have a lot to do with music, but <laughs> it's funny. It. So I had a job at a uh, UPS store when I was younger. Okay. And one day a lady came in with her son, and her son was probably like, I don't know, eight, nine, ten years old, something like that. Uh-huh. So it was when iPads had started, started to become a big thing, like okay. the computers. So I literally had an irritated eyeball. Okay, like my my eyeball was having issues that day, and it was all like fucked up. Oh, I know where this so is. So <laughs> I told them I was the only one. I said, "Excuse me, guys, I have to run to the bathroom and get an iPad." Okay, <laughs> and the kid looked at me and was like, "Why do you keep your iPads in the bathroom? They're gonna get wet and break." <laughs> and I was like, "No, it's in the cupboard. It's okay. It's not gonna get wet." And he and then it dawned on me, like in that moment, I was like. This kid thinks I'm going to go get a computer. I'm like, no, I'm physically going to get a pad that goes over my eyeball. It's like a Band-Aid. And it was just, I think it was the first time I really felt old. Yeah. You know, I was like, I was like, I don't know, 20, 22, something. And I, it was the first time I ever felt old. Oh my gosh, dude. It's funny when when you have those moments like that, right? And just as you said, and I've had moments like that too. And it it's makes crazy. you think like, oh my gosh, I'm getting old. Total and then, disconnect. And then you have to think about the people who are in their 50s and 60s. I'm like, damn, how, how must you feel? Well, you wonder why they say, oh, old people are afraid of everything. Well, you fucking wonder why. They've seen <laughs> three generations of technology come up around them. They kept up with the first two, and mm-hmm. then they just said, screw it. I'm not even going to try to keep up anymore. Our generation's going to be even worse off, I would argue, because whereas because technology moves so quickly now, oh, so yeah. fast. It's to the point that older generations will literally pay a premium to have older technology. Yes. So, like, a perfect example is television. Mm-hmm. How our parents consume television is still DirecTV and Dish Network. Right. Which is, like, 70 to over to over $100 a month, mm-hmm. right? Whereas me and you, 
we have Netflix, which is like $11 a month. Yeah. And we have YouTube. Yeah. And that's what we spend for the whole household. And actually three of our friends can enjoy that as well. Yeah, exactly. For the, for the $11. So it's not that, like my parents, for example, it's not that they don't want to save money. They would love to save money. It's that they went from broadcast television to where you had to have an antenna on top of your house. Right. Then it came to cable, and they had to have a company come out and run a fucking cable through their wall, and they kept up with that. Uh-huh. And then it came to this, oh, now you have a satellite on top of your roof, and you and they, they kept up with that. So now we're at three different iterations. Right. They're in their 50s now. The new one came out, and I think they would rather pay more to be comfortable because they just don't want to spend the time to learn another thing that may very well be gone in three or four years from now. Yeah, that's true. So companies actually see that and will charge more successfully mm-hmm. for older technology. Yeah. It, it's incredible. Right. I guess I guess we don't really keep in mind that just as you said, it's they've we look at it as like, oh, why can't she figure this out? It's not so much that they can't figure it out. It's they don't just want to. Yeah, there's just they've been through just as you said, well, three iterations of it. Why this. can't you figure out mumble rap, Adam? Why that's, can't you just get it? You probably could and really right. like it, but do you want to take the time? You're right. No. Yeah, no. you're right. I already know the music I like. I grew up for 26 years with it. Mm-hmm. I already know what works. Yeah. I mean, you're you're absolutely right. It, uh, it, it's funny, though. Like, there, there have been times where I'm like, I'm going to delve into mumble rap today and try to figure it oh, out. Oh, yeah. And but it just doesn't connect. No, it just doesn't, doesn't man. You know what I did figure out that I like um, mm-hmm. that I didn't think I used to? Is like musicals, like Broadway kind of shows and stuff. Oh, when when did you figure out that? When I moved in with you guys, Justin showed me a lot of them. And, oh, really? Well, okay. Look. I mean, I know he sings a lot of them. I didn't know he actually physically was oh, like yeah, showing. Oh yeah, he showed you that. me like the Roll in the Hay one, and the there was. Oh, awesome so he showed you really like cool. segments. Yeah, of these gotcha. ones, and they're actually things I would really enjoy to go see. And I always thought that it was such like a. I'm going to use the word pompous, but like such a, a, a nose up to everyone else. Like I'm better than everyone else if oh, I if I listen to musicals. It is, you know, well, like oh, I'm, I'm intelligent. Yeah. I have culture. I listen. To, it's not like that at all. No. There's raunchy musicals. There's musicals about killing and wars and stuff. There's mm-hmm. They're not all just lovey stories. No, not at all. And I grew up with my mom really like – so my dad was actually like you, right, where he didn't – he wasn't really into those. And then he met my mom who was really into them. So, and he was like, oh, shit, this is kind of cool. Yeah, so then my brother and I grew up watching a lot of them and just that. There's, yeah. We learned that there's you know the lovey-dovey ones, but then there's the really raunchy ones out there. Well, you're not exactly taught that it's for boys growing up. That's true. I mean, yeah. just society in general strays you kind of away from theater as, well, a, as a male. I'm not even talking about necessarily just theater, just musicals in general. So, like, what's a musical that actually you and I really enjoy is Repo the Genetic Opera. Repo is great. Right? I dare anyone not to like that movie. Oh, it's great. It is fantastic. But there's – so I like musicals like that. Little Shop of Horrors is another one that's definitely in the, you know, raunchier side. Rocky Horror Picture Show. Rocky Horror. That's another famous. One. Can be. Uh, there's there's actually there's a musical I really enjoy movie musical that I really enjoy called Reefer Madness. 
That's I've about, heard of that one. Yeah, the, they have um, they have Jesus Christ Superstar. Yeah, that's which is a good like one. a religious story, but told in a completely non-religious like a way. It's roll, a rock and yeah. roll show about Jesus. Exactly. It was great. So no, mu- musicals are great, and especially because I knew about them before, and then I met Justin, who's an opera singer and has done musical theater, and Justin was really able to like. You know, open my eyes to kind of the knit, knit and grit of it all. Oh, anything you can think of has mm-hmm. been done. Yeah. Uh, your boy Meatloaf, he did yeah, Bad Out of Hell. That's a crazy mm-hmm. musical. So it's. But then you have ones like Grease, which are like, here's a bunch of kids in high school and I, how they. I enjoyed Grease uh, so growing did I, up, but, mm. but there, but there were the ones out there that I didn't like were some of the more. V- I want to. The word that comes to mind is like vanilla musical. So there's like, like cats. I actually enjoyed cats, but like Oklahoma was oh, yeah, one. one. It's like a lovey dovey. It's like a lovey dovey musical that takes place in like the Don't old name West anything Oklahoma, kind of guys. Yeah. Bless you if you're from Oklahoma. Thank you so much for listening. But your state's kind of boring. There's I'm another, sorry. There was another one we watched that was uh, that my parents really like called. Uh, I think it was called Seven Wives for Seven Brothers. And again, these are just all very vanilla, kind of lovey-dovey type of, mm-hmm. you know. Not yeah, really like nice like if a Hallmark made a musical, it would be those, right? I'm sure a lot of people love it. I don't. Yeah, well, and, and famous songs have come out of some of them also, but it's just not my cup of tea. But there are people like Justin who's really into the, some of those types of ones. Oh, he loves them. But I really enjoyed growing up like Phantom of the Opera and Into ah, the Woods. So I was forced to watch Phantom of the Opera every year in orchestra class. Um, because it's one of those Are movies. Are you talking about the movie? Yeah. Okay. I'm not, I actually hate the movie. Me too. It's garbage. Okay. Yeah. Can't stand the movie. And I've literally watched, I think there's a couple different movies and I've seen at least two of them. I've seen older one and one that was newer when I watched it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't get it. It goes over my head. Really? I just don't, it's too much like Beauty and the Beast to me. It's literally Beauty yeah. and the Beast. It's, it's definitely like Disney already did that. that. Yeah. It's, so I totally agree with you. I think, and I know the both the movies that you're talking about, okay. and, and neither one of them do it justice. No. And, and the really, actor who plays the the actual uh, count or whatever, like the, the dude, Phantom, yeah. so he's pretty good in the newer one. Yeah, the, the newer one I watched it one. Yeah, he was yeah, good. he's he's pretty good. But the the problem is though with those kind of movies is you're taking this operatic musical and turning it into this movie thing. But then you're not getting these trained singers to sing to act the roles. So right, they're getting more actors. To do right. Yeah. So what you're getting is you're getting instead of this. And if you go and look at uh, people, if you go and look at like musical theater and how they sing compared to like how you know your your famous your favorite artist sings, it's very different because the voice training is very different on both of them. You know, it's it's definitely trained like an instrument. So there was a play the one of the, a play live performance version of Phantom of the Opera that was actually recorded, high definition edits. Everything like that, but oh, wow. it was performed live at the Royal Albert Hall in London. So it's a play, but it's recorded. It's a recorded play. Okay, yeah. so 
you absorb it as a movie, but it's not a movie with scenes. Yeah, it's a play that someone recorded. You're watching them perform. Okay, okay, I'm with in, you. At, Sorry, it took me a second call. to wrap yeah. around that. Okay, I'm with you. But I watched that with these actual trained singers, with this actual crazy like production Oh, was it much better? Set. Oh, it was amazing, Matthew. Oh, see. Amazing. So maybe I need to see it in its natural setting. I think so. Because the story is phenomenal. Like, the actual story, everyone loves it, right? Yeah, I, I certainly do. I Justin just thought the movie was, was just so boring. Because the movie is. It and is. it's supposed to be interesting. It's supposed to be kind of a creepy thriller sort you know. And it's... Yeah. It was just so boring. Well, though... And be, so... I was the same as you to where when I first watched Phantom of the Opera and the first uh, the first observation I got of it was that movie. And when I watched it, it was the same thing. I kind of went over my head. I was like, okay, I don't really yeah. understand this whole thing. And it actually wasn't – I did like the music though. So that's right. what always drew me to it. It was like, well, I like the music though. So at least there's that. So when I finally watched uh, years down the line this, Royal, uh, this Live at the Royal Albert Hall version – it was all about the music. All of a sudden, I was like, oh, that's this is what it's about. It. That's what it's about. Like, oh, well, I just got the story now. Have they done a musical for, like, Shakespeare stuff? Like Macbeth? And uh, I'm sure they've done Romeo and Juliet. But have they done, like, Macbeth? Like, the dude losing his mind in his castle? I did see a movie of Macbeth. It wasn't a musical, though. Oh, they it should was... do a musical of Macbeth. That would be fantastic. I feel like there has to be so there have been things out there that it, it's weird nobody makes like Shakespeare movies they're probably too afraid they're like we don't want to fuck well, with no, Shakespeare man they're not well, I disagree they fuck really? they fuck all sorts with Shakespeare <laughs> <laughs> we fuck with Shakespeare <laughs> we fuck with Shakespeare but uh, so let me explain what happens though so it's not really popular though to make a direct rendition of Shakespeare's plays. So they always take the plays and they adapt them to another story to a, other stories. So there's this famous movie that actually won best picture when it came out and it's a musical called West Side Story. Well, I've heard of that. So West Side that was, Story is very popular. Mm -hmm. But West Side Story is about two gangs in New York ah, and yes, a yes, boy yes. from one of the gangs and a girl from the other gang Getting together it's and Romeo having and to Juliet. hide. It's Romeo and Juliet. Ah, there's, there's it, gotcha. the entire story too. It's not like just that aspect. Like there's a Mercutio in it. Oh, there's really? uh Yeah. There's they literally have direct like. Oh, this character represents this shape. Well, they should do a, a new age Macbeth, like a CEO of a company who loses his mind well, in his office or well, something. Well, that's why I feel like I feel like it's out there, but it's just called something else, and we don't even realize it's the story of Macbeth. So Macbeth was read to me. I went to a high school that was like a college prep school. Uh huh. Okay. So. Um, it was it was hard. You had to like test into it. You had to be kind of smart to get into my high school. Right. So, in our social studies class, we did a year of Macbeth. Okay. And when I say a year of Macbeth, I mean it literally took the entire calendar year to get through the book. That's kind Macbeth. of cool, though. Just analyze the fuck out of it. Well, it was one of those books where on one side, on the right side of the page, was English, and then on the left side was the original Latin. Oh wow. Okay. So we literally dissected the Latin and then dissected the English and how the translations changed and how and it took us all fucking year to get through like three hundred some pages of Macbeth. Interesting. It fascinated me to no end I think a high schooler is way too young 
to be introduced to Macbeth, the story. Yeah. Because there's so much, like, psychological anguish going on in that story. Right. It, it blew my mind. It was too many things I had never heard of before. Too many concepts I had never thought of before. Macbeth's a really complex it's heavy. play, too. Macbeth is super heavy. Yeah. It's literally a very powerful man and his lapse into complete psychosis. Yeah. And I believe it takes his life. Yeah. Like, but he totally, and it's it's so well written. Like, the Latin is so well written, dude, that you can't even translate it correctly. So I was just going to ask, so from your memory, what were some of the, was it just basically as the best they could with the Latin <laughs> translation? So or? it's not even so much that the lines, like line for line, gets mistranslated. Right. It's entire concepts get mistranslated. Okay. Um, so I don't, I don't have any specifics. It's been so many years, but I remember there being, it would go off for like four, five, six pages, where on one side it was telling a story, and it was happening maybe in a field, or something. But then on the other side, it got translated in a way where it was in a graveyard, or it was, you know what I mean. So the whole, the whole theme, and that's that's just an example, guys. That's not actually an instance that happens in the book, but the. There were many times where the whole feeling of the story was totally different from one rendition to the other. Um, Weird. So emotions were conveyed differently. Okay. Uh, how the characters were responding to things would be a little bit different. And it just, it got to the same point in the end, but reading it in its original language, I think anything, uh-huh. um, is how you really do it justice. It's it's a totally different story. I'd, I mean, I'd agree. I mean, there's people who do that with you know, the Bible and, you know, other religious texts yeah. and stuff like that also. It's like we studied Gilgamesh for a while also. Oh, uh, we did a year Gilgamesh. of Gilgamesh. Yeah. And that one, it was too big to get through in even a year. That's too much. But that is not even Latin. That was like um, some ancient language. Yeah, I um, guess that's a really old one. Because oh, Gilg- Gilgamesh, I can think of it. Isn't the Adventures of Gilgamesh, isn't that actually where uh, – that's like the first original telling of Noah, isn't it? Wasn't that Gilgamesh towards the end of his days? There was a flood and he made a giant like arc or boat. Um, so Gilgamesh, eh, no, not really. It's more of the telling of man going from beast to human. Um, okay, maybe I'm thinking of someone else. Then. It's more. It's the story of man being separated from his inner animal, and gotcha. and leaving nature and moving into. A civilization, gotcha. uh, cu- coming away from your natural self. So he meets uh, the beast man, uh-huh. and the beast man is, is supposed to be the animalistic human being. Oh, it's all a metaphor, yeah. It's all a metaphor, exactly. Yeah. But I think Gilgamesh was the first, um, the first like book, epic tale, story. It's the first, Odyssey, it, yeah. I think that's yeah. What it was, the, it was it's Odyssey, the first. Yeah. It's the first story like ever really written. Oh wow! I don't think there's like books or stories before Gilgamesh. That was the first one. Oh wow! I didn't know that. Yeah, there was. Uh, I well, I must be thinking of something else. I don't want to stray too far off topic, but the the what were we talking? We were talking about music. We need to go back to music. <laughs> music, Adam. Jesus. I was like, because I was like trying to like, okay, I was trying to think of something to continue with that conversation. I was like, wait, no, we have to go back to music. Like, got crazy. Well, I mean, off if you say so, I was but having a good time. I was having a good time too. <laughs> But really, I just didn't know where to go. But do you think Eminem is the greatest rapper that ever lived? <laughs> oh, well, there's a change of subject very abruptly. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, God, do I think Eminem's the greatest rapper to ever live? 
Yes. Yes? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Okay, so let's just start with he's the best-selling rapper Uh in all of history. 155 million records sold. Okay. Pretty sure, all right, I'm not a musical scientist, but I dare anyone to look it up. I think he's the best-selling music artist ever in history. Really? I think he is. You think he's outsold more than like Michael Jackson? I think he outsold the Beatles. I think the Beatles are at like 130 or 140 million. Wow. I think Eminem's like 155 million albums sold. I mean, I can't say I'm too surprised. I mean, well, he's been making music for what, 30 years now? 20? 30 years? 30 years? It has to be 30 years. Since he's probably the been 90s, in the game right? about 30 years. Yeah. yeah. I think he's been very highly popular for about 20. Okay. Um. So I don't know that he's the richest rapper. Uh-huh. There may be some. I like. I think that Jay Z is actually one of the wealthiest rappers, but Eminem has definitely sold the most units, which arguably, right off the back, makes him the greatest. Right. Now, with that out of the way, let's talk about style. So, when you say greatest rappers, I'm pretty confident that almost anyone around our age is going to jump to Tupac Shakur, or <sighs> Notorious B.I.G. Yeah. Okay. Those are kind of the two big ones right. in history. They kind of like made it what it is today, right? So they were great. They were fantastic. They're timeless. Tupac still comes out with new albums, and he's been dead for decades. Mm-hmm. Okay, they only had one style, and they did their style better than anyone else. They invented their style, right. I dare say. Eminem, in my opinion, has shown that he can do any style. Yes. As good as or better than anyone else doing it right now. Yes. Okay. So maybe he can't do Tupac style better than Tupac, but he can do it better than anyone who's out there right now today. Gotcha. So if you're looking at it over the broad spectrum, I would say that, yes, he has more skill than any other single rapper has ever had. Now, the final point is lyrics. Eminem has literally gone down in history. If he's anything, he's one of the greatest lyricists to ever live. Yeah. Meaning he can put words together more cleverly and more interestingly than anyone else who's ever put words together. Yeah, I saw, I saw, I think you've seen this also, but he did an, Anderson Cooper did an interview with him. And Eminem was saying, I don't like it when people say you can't rhyme with orange. I can rhyme anything with orange. He just started listing off all of these words just simply because he goes, I just changed the way it's pronounced. And he went on for a while. It was like door hinge. Yeah, uh, he was like, well, I'm eating my porridge and the door hinge. With George. Yeah. Um, So if you put together the fact that he is one of the greatest lyricists that ever lived. Yes. He can dabble into any style at any speed yes. and do it as well or better than anyone else. And all of that has culminated into him being the greatest selling rapper, very possibly the greatest selling musical artist in all of history. That makes him the best. He yeah. is he is statistically, mathematically the best. Yeah. I would agree. He truly is the rap god. And you can't even say he hasn't been doing it very long. He's almost been doing it at one of the longest, too. The dude's going into, what, his 40s? Yeah, that's what... It's. It kills me, too, that there are still people that will, like, give him He's shit He's not my favorite stuff. rapper. I might actually add real quick. 
as okay. Matthew Lynn, he's not my personal favorite oh, Tech rapper. Tech Nine's your favorite rapper, right? Tech Nine is my yeah, favorite I like rapper Tech ever. Nine also, yeah. But Eminem's definitely probably my favorite. But I do. Love I think Tech Eminem Nine. can do anything Tech can do. It, I think the so same too. or better. I would I would love for Eminem and Tech Nine to get together and do something, but I don't think that will ever happen. So if you look at it historically, Eminem's had a lot of feuds. Uh-huh. Oh, that's also what makes him the best. There's another point. He's never lost a feud yeah. with any other rapper. He just kicks ass. And he's every literally time. ended multiple careers. Yes. Like actually made the other person's career stop. Yep. Um Benzino, he did that too. He totally just ruined his career. So that that's just one more point why he's why he's the best. Yeah, you know what I mean. But Tech Nine, I I do. Really, oh oh, yeah, you're that was my point. That. that was my point. So I think Tech Nine and Eminem have purposely made it a point to never feud with each other. I think they almost have like a kind of like respect, mutually assured destruction sort of thing. Like if you attack me, I'm gonna attack you, and we're both just gonna fuck each other up. I was gonna say it's almost like neither one of them know who is win. It, it's like it's like win. Russia and America. Yeah, like <laughs> we know we could have an epic fucking battle, but let's just not. Tech Nine is self-produced too, isn't he? Tech Nine like is. Um, yeah, I think he's actually the most successful. Um, what do they call that? There's indie, a word for indie it. Indie artist, independent. Independent artist. That's what they call artist. it. Independent artist. So he started Strange Music, which right. is his label now. But I don't think he started Strange Music until he had a little bit of money built up. Right. Because you got to realize Tech Nine. He's independent, but he's still a millionaire. The dude oh, makes yeah. over ten million dollars a year. Oh yeah. Like I think I actually read a thing that Machine Gun Kelly, the last feud that yeah. Eminem had with. So everyone thinks he's so little and hasn't been around. Like, that dude has $10 million in the bank. Oh, no. He's a millionaire. Machine Gun Kelly has been around for a while. I, that's why I was so excited when Machine Gun Kelly released his Rap Devil, because I've been listening to Machine Gun Kelly for years. Oh, I didn't even know who he was before and, that. Yeah, and I, and I really like him. I mean, I don't think he – he doesn't even hold a match to Eminem. But, no, but had he not come out feuding with him, right. I think I would have actually liked Machine Gun Kelly a lot more. Really? Yeah, he automatically went kind of on my no-listen list because I want to support Eminem. Well, to me, it always, like, I understand what Machine Gun Kelly was trying to do. I, I don't think it was so much of caring that Eminem called him out on one of his songs because and if you listen to the lyric where Eminem calls out Machine Gun Kelly it's it's so small and I think so I st- it started with did Machine Gun Kelly say something about his daughter that was what started it well yeah it it wasn't that but I don't think he said something about his daughter in like a song I think it was a comment he made otherwise. yeah he said that she was hot she had grown up something she, like he, that he saw he yeah. was in an interview and saw a picture of Haley yeah and was like oh wow she's she's hot or something yeah. like that so and Eminem was like shut your mouth yeah and we could be wrong about that but I'm pretty sure I'm kind of right about w- that one was it that I'm I'm, I'm I more confident more, than I usually am I thought it was more slander than that than just saying she was hot Kyle let us know brother. <laughs> We know you're out there. <laughs> you guys will be Kyle one day. You have to at this point. But anyways, the uh, because what bothered me was the line that Eminem did because Machine Gun, or Eminem didn't dedicate an entire song to dissing Machine Gun Kelly. At least in Kamikaze, he didn't. And then I think he said something in passing. Was Killshot separate from Kamikaze? Yeah, that was totally separate. Uh, okay. That was gotcha, only gotcha. the response oh, to gotcha. Machine Gun Kelly's okay. shit. Came but, out about the same time, though. Yeah, about the same time. So Kamikaze came out. He said some passing line about Machine Gun Kelly. Machine Gun Kelly heard that, was like, fuck this shit, and then did Rap Devil, which 
I don't really think Machine Gun Kelly was even bothered by it. I think it was just a, oh, well, here's one way to, you know, boost my viewership or my Oh, yeah, he literally right? popped champagne when when Eminem talked about him. Yeah. And then Eminem wrote a lyric about it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And then you had, uh, <laughs> so they did Rap Devil, which, you know, for Machine, Machine Gun Kelly, it was a good song. I liked it. But then Eminem did Kill Shot. And you're just like, ah, oh, Machine Gun Kelly, sit down. It was yeah. over. Even yeah. Kelly said, he's like, I had a response, and then I heard Kill Shot, and I was like, oh, never mind. <laughs> like, he literally said that interview. He even, like, yes. did a little thing with his pocket. He's like, I just put it back in my pocket. Yep. I was like, never mind. Yep. And so. I don't think he meant it that way. I think he meant it to be like, all right, I don't want to keep this going. But it sounded like I gave up. Yeah. Is what it sounded like in the interview. When I first heard about this whole Eminem and Machine Gun Kelly feud, I almost at first thought Eminem's kill shot was, I mean, yeah, it obviously, you know, killed, you know, was just a bunch of insults towards Machine Gun Kelly, Mm -hmm. but I almost He roasted him, dude. He roasted him bad. Yeah. But I almost (laughs) thought that maybe like, oh, this is almost Eminem's way of like, here you go. This is going to boost your shit a little bit kind of thing. I think he would have been a little bit nicer. And then- He ripped his asshole on that one, Well, it wasn't until I saw an interview with Eminem where- which was actually published by Eminem's company. I just yeah. need to say real quickly. Yes. The only interview Eminem did about it was on a network that's run by Eminem. Yes, exactly. And Eminem, but Eminem was talking about, you know, the feud about Haley right. and everything. And then that's when I was like, oh, so Eminem, like, no, Eminem no, he was actually not like pissed. this man. He, yeah. he didn't want to respond because he didn't want exactly what you said to make right. Machine Guns Kelly career go up. Well, but he was like, no, nah, fuck it. And what's funny is, there if Machine Gun Kelly just left the kill shot thing at that, his I think his listenership would have gone up and did go up. But then he started doing shit like tricking his audience into flipping off Eminem. Yeah, I heard about that. Just, there was that photo. Yeah, where it was they weren't. I think he didn't trick that. He they were literally agreeing to flip off what he was talking about, but later on he went back and said they he was talking about Eminem. Well, but he was not in real life. Well, no, what the story was is you're right, he was talking about something separately towards uh-huh. the audience and then he made everybody do the flip off thing. He turned around to face the camera. I think he like took off a shirt that he had and the shirt said had like Eminem's face or fuck Eminem or something like that. Uh, so then it created this illusion. But then the crowds, as soon as he turned around, the crowd started booing him. Exactly. They well, were pissed. If you watch, but the they didn't video. show that part. Well, they did later on. They later did. on, they did because oh, well, there were fans who were like, okay, because he's the one who tweeted that picture went viral. Everybody was like, oh my gosh, look at all these people who hate Eminem. And then people who were actually at the show were like. Okay, first like, of all, no, 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 no. Let no, me no. let me show you the video footage. Which, by the way, why would he fucking do this? Because everybody See, has fucking cell phones. That means that he, the Eminem, is the best dude. If it was Usher or anyone else, they'd have been like, all right, whatever. We'll just yeah. let him think we flipped him off. Nobody wants to be there thought of outrage. an Eminem hater. Yeah, Mm-mm. nobody. But even having said all that, I still like Machine Gun Kelly. Another independent rapper I like a lot is NF. Oh, I was listening to him this morning yeah. in the car, actually. I um, really enjoy NF. Very epic. Yeah, very epic, very epic beats. His music is a little bit... Uh, there's a word for it, but 
you can compare it to like Eminem where he'll have a beat, but he'll kind of go through different melodies or cadences when Very he speaks. Very influenced by Eminem. Whereas NF, if like the beat is duh, 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 his raps are duh, 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 you know what I mean? Right. So it's right. all very loud. Reminds me a lot of, uh, what is it, Hopkin or Hopskin or... Hopkiss now or you're something. making me think about Hop, Hopson. Hopson. I really like him too. He's great. Again, you could tell a lot of Eminem influence. Oh yeah. Well, who? I mean, I feel like any coming up rapper anymore is Eminem influenced. I feel a lot of them are Eminem and Tech Nine influenced. Yes. If you listen, at least especially the beats are definitely well, you're a lot to you, listen to. You hear a lot of Tech Nine influence in the beats, and I think as far as the lyrics and the way the actual <laughs> rapping is, I think you hear a lot of Eminem. Well, they're both really good at rapping in ways their cadences are not boring. For anyone who knows what what cadence means, it's like the flow, the it's way like, the way that they speak the words. Yeah, it's just, like it's like the melody. It's like the rhythm. Yeah, the melody it, version. It changes. Of a rap. They don't just use the same. It's not da 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 the whole time. It, yeah, they, they mix that up. And I and that's why Eminem's kill shot was just that even more of a kill shot because it wasn't just the insults he was showing. Look, I can rap like this. I can also rap like this. I can also oh, rap like this. And then he did the ringer on yeah. that. And did you hear how fast he raps yes. on that? So he showed, oh, you want me to rap fast? I can do that too. Well, fuck you, got, it. you saw that tenfold on Rap God. True. He went through a whole fucking verse, a whole like minute of just. I watched a thing uh, when I was a lot younger. It was like an interview with Eminem, and he was saying that when he first started out, uh-huh. um, that Dre and other people actually told him that you have to slow down because people can't understand uh, what you're saying. Really? Yeah, he would rap, he would just blah, 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 so fast that people liked it, but they told him you'll sell a lot better, you'll be a lot bigger if mainstream can understand you. Damn. So he had to kind of like consciously slow it down a little bit. So it's almost like in his early days, he focused on, you know, being really fast because that's what people wanted. And then people were like, all right, you're fast. Well, we get it. Slow he down. focused on lyrically murdering people. Mm-hmm. That's what he does. He lyrically destroys people. Yep. And he does a damn good job of it. Yeah. I think the speed and everything else came afterwards. Yeah. Do you think Eminem is the greatest rapper in the world? If so, leave a comment. If not, Leave a comment. We want to know. Either way. <laughs> Either way. Just let us know. Well, that was a pretty opinionated hour right there. Yeah. We, uh, I had a good time. Music, music's always a good. Like, we could we could have, like, five other podcasts and just talk about music. Oh, guys, we literally just – you guys know about the, the pad of paper with the points on it. Yeah. Uh, we have nine points, and we got to two of them today. Two of them, yeah. Just to give you a little <laughs> insight on how much we love to talk about music. I think music will be another fun one to visit once we're able to have Justin on with us, with his insight into theater and – Oh, he will want to see. That'll be a fun day, guys. That'll be a fun day. We'll anxiously await that day. (laughs) All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening today. We always appreciate it. Remember, you can follow us on all the social medias. Once again, we still have a GoFundMe going. It's going to be up for about another 20 days. You can find it on GoFundMe.com forward slash Hardly Millennial. And also remember to check us out on YouTube. We did just post a vlog video. uh, Not yesterday. It was two days ago. Was it yesterday? It was yesterday, bro. Yeah, so we just posted yesterday. a vlog video yesterday. Yeah, all if, the days run together. All we uh, do is edit. It's true. So if you haven't checked that out yet, please go check it out and leave a comment, like it, subscribe, and all that fun stuff. Matthew, any final words? Uh, just just the typical thank yous and goodbyes. Thank you and goodbye. <laughs> I love you guys. Bye-bye. <laughs>